Hey, it's Keith. It's February 2020. I'm in Berlin, Germany, in my apartment. And I haven't made a podcast in a while. Despite a holiday-timed newsletter, so to speak, email blast, in which I tried to advertise my current project, this podcast, to as many friends and acquaintances peers and colleagues that I thought might appreciate it. And in that email, I kind of intoned that I would be doing this very regularly, once or twice a week. And that was my plan. (laughs) I have not done it since the new year. I did it a lot before the new year. I was in a real groove in the autumn. And I felt good about life. Uh, I like the autumn a lot, even as it gets colder and approaching the holiday season. I I feel high on work energy and planning and organizational energy. And all that kind of went out the window during the holiday. I think travel and vacation time disrupts our lives in that kind of way. You know, it takes you out of your routine. I haven't really gotten back into running three or four times a week like I had been. And I'm just wanting to reflect on that because I'm I'm a little ashamed. I'm judging myself for not doing what I've intended to do. You know, I guess this is that classic failure to resolve your New Year's resolutions in a way. And I just think it's it's a it's partly a problem of um, stru- world structure. You know, the fact that we have our vacation or holiday right in the middle of winter. You know, it's really a precarious, delicate time for me, and that's not what I need to stay focused in my life. Is a time away. It's like not the time at all to be celebrating anything. It's the time to you know, just rely on the habits that you have going from the warmer days and just plow through the cold with those habits. But instead, I was I was off in the sunshine and I came back here at the beginning of this, quote, new year, the dead of winter <laughs> in January, to cold northern Europe. And I've been faced with seasonal depression. And I want to talk a little bit about that. This is always a hard topic. And it's hard for me because it feels unsubstantial or just like an excuse. And it is really like, listen, I'm making excuses right now. I haven't been recording this podcast because of laziness, because of self-doubt, because of you know, feeling like I don't have the time, but I do have the time. I just, I'm not making use of that time. But even when I'm ready to really do something, I don't know what it is that I should be doing, even if, even if I've planned on this podcast being that thing. Let me make this a little more concrete. So I have recorded a couple episodes of this podcast in the last two months intended for publication, but I've just kind of not pulled the trigger. Uh, Immigration is the main topic of, you know, my most recent podcast attempt. And that topic is 
big and tricky and controversial. And I recorded it, it was an hour long, and I just thought, did I say what I wanted? Did I come off the way I wanted? Is there too much room for criticism and, you know, antagonism toward me? And then I thought, I think I'm going to redo this. I want to structure it a little differently. And I tried it again, and I started talking my points, and I just started getting worked up, like um, this passionate energy that I almost felt was misguided, you know, because immigration is not that big of a deal to me personally. You know, it's not a part of my life, but it's one of those things that can get your blood boiling on a political level if you approach it a certain way or in a certain context with certain people. And I don't know, this was happening and I didn't like how it was coming off. And it put me in kind of this downward spiral because I started wondering, why am I recording controversial opinions? Like, what, what, why am I doing that? Who cares? Who am I doing it for? Who's holding me accountable to even producing it? No one's expecting this of me, you know? And I just started wondering if that was what my life was. And I started doubting myself and doubting if that's what I even cared about. You know, I'm mostly a travel photographer. I think that's probably the best way to describe my life right now. I travel and take pictures. And why am I not talking about that? You know, a lot of the... YouTube videos I watch are about cameras and workflow <laughs> and inspiration. So maybe that's the dialogue I should be joining, not this kind of like, you know, political dark web stuff. Be that as it may, I do care about these topics and I want to do them right, but it's really hard for me to make a pithy, succinct comment. I'm sort of a long-form storyteller. I've written a novel, which I'm proud of. Short stories are a lot trickier. Quick little blog posts that are really easy to digest are really hard for me to write because once you start saying something, there's just so much more to say about it. There's so many angles to approach it, and it's interesting for me when it gets a little deeper. So I've had this problem because like things build up in, in me, and they're big, you know, like they want to come out, but they're big and it's hard to let them out bit by bit. I kind of just want to incubate and present a thesis after a year of research, you know, that's kind of like my ideal working method is to just work on one thing for a long time and have a release that's large and eventful, kind of like a film director or as an artist to work on a body of work for one or two years and then present it in a gallery properly. So I like this way of working and I tried to create this podcast as a way to just get my thoughts out easily, bite size in a way, easy to consume, easy to make because I'm just speaking into this little mic that I've had attached into my phone and I can send that to my laptop and I don't have to do much editing. Um, you know, this process of getting it from my phone to your ear is more annoying than I want it to be, but, you know, those are just the details. But they're simpler than video editing, which is my background. And that's the reason I'm not on YouTube. I don't, 
I don't produce YouTube videos, even though that's probably what I should be doing, if I'm honest with myself, because it's intimidating for me. It's work. It's more work. It's, you know, opening a program. First of all, committing to a program, Final Cut Pro 10 or Premiere. And I come from Final Cut Pro 7, so they're both kind of new for me. Uh, and then figuring out what you want to say and then how you want to say it visually as well as this audio bed. Even if I just took this podcast, I could throw that down and put pictures on top of it. And I want to do that, but it becomes this longer, laborious, creative process. And I've just been scared to do that. And I guess fear is a big part of all this as well, you know, like I'm afraid of putting my voice out there on certain topics. And I've been getting some feedback when I talk about, let's say, LGBT issues uh, or abortion or whatever I've talked about, you know, and I think that they're good conversation starters. And I think I get what I want to say out there, but I open myself to criticism, of course, and that's scary. A few years ago, I was doing a YouTube channel where I would just talk into the camera like this about something, and I felt self-conscious about just being on camera. I don't know why. I mean, I watch people that don't look very good at all, and they don't present themselves well in terms of, like, camera angles and background and mise-en-scene and all this. Like, I don't need to care about it, but I do. I'm a perfectionist, and I would just rather not do something in a way. All this is kind of tying around mental health, and I have a mental health issue, at least one, if not a few, and I'm at peace with that. I'm happy to recognize that and to talk about it and to seek help in my life, which I've done through the years. I take medications. I take prescription drugs. I take over-the-counter drugs like vitamin D right now for combating the issue I have with the sun and not getting enough energy from the sun, you know, that's pretty straightforward. But I also take focus medication because I'm so distracted and all over the place. And I take anxiety medication because my thoughts and regrets and, you know, deep-seated fears in life bubble up when I'm trying to fall asleep and it's paralyzing. And I get these kind of anxiety attacks during the day, even when I'm doing something like traveling, which I do all the time, like packing everything, making sure I have everything, getting somewhere on time, all those kind of things. They really, they're hard on my system, my nervous system, my, maybe my immune system, maybe my respiratory system. And trying to remember to breathe is even something that I need to do. I've taken uh, anti-depression drugs as well in my life. I don't take them now, but sometimes I think I should be in the bleak early months of the year. And I think it's safe to say that I have fallen into a seasonal depression this year. And I'm noticing it because of this podcast, because I haven't made an episode in weeks after I said that I would do it every week. And I'm noticing the way that I've rationalized that to myself and the way that I avoid it in my head. And 
the pain of a of facing that you know like oh god this this episode this immigration thing did i say what i want why am i saying it okay i guess i gotta do that but that means getting up and going over there and picking this thing up and plugging that in like all of those really basic things i mean to a very well well adjusted person who's showered and dressed and on their way for work and doing their day doing their business it's it just sounds whiny and lame right it's just complaining it's pathetic but it's also real it happens and some of us struggle with this kind of thing you know it's it's hard to do things it's hard to be productive and it's hard to be at your best regularly day to day it's especially hard when you don't have to. I mean, if you have a child, you have to. That child needs you. And something kicks it, kicks into gear inside of you to do that. You know, and if you have an employer or a certain schedule that's very demanding and you have no, uh, there's no out, there's no recourse to avoid it. You just have to be at work and you have to do what you, your boss says. Those kind of things can help build your character and they suck in a way they're not good they're not fun and we end up presenting those things I certainly did and that's why I've left that kind of work environment but they do also keep you in line I think the military is probably the most extreme example of that boot camp you know somebody that really kicks your ass really gets you going and doesn't take any excuses I cannot imagine anything worse frankly for me, I have this kind of privilege to wallow a bit, setting my own schedule, but I don't like that. I, I'm, I'm not happy that I'm not productive. I want to be productive, but apparently I don't want it enough, right? I don't do the necessary things to get myself where I need to be. But then I think, where do I need to be? I mean, I'm here. That's fine in a way, right? And I wonder what depression means, what it is. I mean, there's sadness, which is almost a more painful word to use. I think we're, we're more prone to say that we've been depressed than we are to say that we've been sad. It almost sounds more bearable to be depressed, which is kind of like an unending gray gravity that you slog through and it's hard to find the the shining moments in life again sadness is a little more poignant and pointed it's more about a thing a breakup a rejection a loss a death these kind of things make you sad they don't make you depressed depression is a little more inexplicable a person with a great life can be depressed why there's nothing to be sad about but something about mood and chemistry and weather and maybe certain connections or lack thereof makes somebody depressed and i'm not a doctor I, I can't diagnose myself as depressed and i don't know if it even matters but i think it's a factor to consider if you're looking at your life and you're wondering why you're not doing the things that you think you should be doing and there's a lot of those things for me. This podcast is the clearest example. That's what I'm doing right now. And I feel good doing it. You know, I feel good sitting here in my apartment, rather composed, speaking 
quite lucidly into this microphone about this topic. But it's very easy for me to go off and get sort of lost in a different topic like YouTube as the alternative of a podcast. Why am I not making videos? Is it just because it's harder, Keith? Is that why you're not doing it? Because it's harder? Do you not know what those videos would be? Shouldn't you practice them to see what they could be as opposed to avoiding them? And if you have a mixed feeling about being a YouTuber, what that means for your ego, are you seeking attention? What's so different about this podcast? What's so different about any creative endeavor you've ever done? You write a book, you have your name on it, you want it out there in the world, you're a performing artist, you're on stage, you need people in the seats to give you the attention. And I start grappling with this need I have for attention. And it's a tricky thing to deal with because I don't feel good when I'm needy. And I see other people that are so needy who crave such attention in such bad ways that I find it so embarrassing. It's humiliating. It's like a, a shame for others. And that informs how I want to live my life. But I do think I have things to say. I, I have points in my head that I need to articulate and I need to do it out loud somehow. But I, I look for excuses. I look for ways around. I think maybe if I just journal, maybe if I just meet one friend and talk with them over a beer, I'll get it out. And I, I tend to do that. And I think that's what a lot of my life has been is that all this creative energy and potential, I'm kind of dissipating it daily into my daily activities with people around me. And I think that's good and bad. You know, I've heard interesting quotes and points of view on that. In a way, I think the artist should always be creating art constantly for everyone around them. And it doesn't mean that their great art shouldn't be made, but you cannot divorce the artist from his work per se. That's another topic in terms of actually doing that with personal lives and appreciating great films, for instance, but I don't want to go there right now. That's not the idea. But yeah, I have these I have so much in me that I want to get out and there's this bottleneck effect where, you know, this one episode on immigration that I haven't been able to publish is in my head the next thing. And so if I want to do a camera review behind that, it's like in the pipeline, you know, and then if I want to make an essay film about travel, it's it's after that one. And I have this to-do list that just grows and grows. And then I have all these photos. I just took a trip to the Pyrenees and I have all these photos to edit through. And then I still have my photos from the Caribbean that I haven't processed. And things just back up more and more. And it takes so much time and energy to work on those things. And I do it. I put in the work and I like it, actually. But in a Berlin February when you struggle for a reason to jump out of bed and you walk on the streets and you're just kind of shut down in a way you're kind of slowed by the impact of the city I don't know it just it gets hard to do everything anything everything becomes a cloud and you just want to give up, you know? It's like, what's the point? Why do these things? Why are we doing anything? 
who cares? Just everyone stop. We don't need to do any of this stuff. And it's really easy to get into that mindset for me. So that's where I've been. That's where I've been. And it's hard because I I don't want to give into that fully. And I know that there are things to do. And so I do do the things I have to do. And I take medication that I need to take to carry on. But I do wonder if it's enough. And I wonder what else I need to be doing. You know, I want to be jogging. And I'm trying to get back into my running pattern. But it's been hard after the holidays to find that routine again. And then as soon as I find it, it will be disrupted again. And I start thinking, Keith, when all these implemented intentional actions fall away, what's left? Probably just the real you in a matter of speaking, right? And so who is the real you? And for me, it's somebody that's quite introverted and slow and lazy to some degree, but not lazy full stop. I like to do little things, but they're just my own little uh, entertainments of how I edit my photos and, you know, even make this little podcast or blog and do my work as a writer doing editing and carrying on with my relationships up and down. And that's just my life, you know? And I start thinking, maybe just live inside of that. Maybe just accept who you are and stop suffering under the pressure that you put onto yourself. And maybe others add to that, but it's mostly from me, this pressure to be something different. And I don't quite know how to escape this pressure because I do want to be normal. I'm ready to settle down. I'm ready to have a normal nine to five with a, you know, savings account. And I'm ready to get into the next stage of adulthood, basically, that I have somehow really shied away from. I really have a fear of growing up further. And I like being young and youthful and all the trappings that that entails being indecisive, being careless, being irresponsible, or at least having no responsibilities holding me down. And it's nice and fun, but it gets old, guys. It gets old. So I've been trying to figure out where to point my life and to really aim for it and walk that way. But it's still hard because of these, what I'm calling mental problems. <laughs> I feel crazy. Really, I feel crazy. Like, I feel needy for things that I fundamentally lack, like guidance and organization. I need a manager to manage my creative output and to create schedules and priorities of that output. What should I be doing? What does the world want from me? What can be the best for the most people? And how might that reflect monetarily? And what opportunities are out there for me? I need an agent for those things. I don't know how to find these people. And I think, I'm sure you listening are thinking, Keith, what the hell? Just Google it. Just do it. Just find yourself a manager. Like, it's that easy. And it's it's not like I haven't Googled that and tried that. But it's extremely difficult on many technical levels 
there's the mental barrier of starting that. So there's procrastination. Like uh, if I'm Googling anything right now, I'm Googling this new toothpaste I want to find. Or if I'm being productive toward a certain, you know, life goal, I'm going to maybe look for a new apartment or, you know what I mean? Like I'll find excuses and procrastinate because there's so many other things that I am interested in. And the harder, painful stuff is just not the easiest low-hanging fruit. It's very, very high-hanging fruit. And I just even wonder if it's ripe. And I even wonder if I'm the person to pick it because I don't have the skill set to pick that fruit. And I think it's okay that we rely on each other. We look for help in other people. I mean, we're a society. And I just wonder, can't my community help me with this kind of stuff? Nobody wants to help people that don't help themselves. And I, I guess that's a big reason why I haven't received too much help in my life, professionally anyway, that there's something about me that's not appealing for people to want to help. I don't know what that is, but it's something and it's it's sad for me. But I'm not trying to have a pity party here. I just I'm just facing the fact of my life and wondering what's going on what are these real barriers and why i'm not recording podcasts every week like i said i would be doing and i do think that depression is just an easy word to use because i think we know what it means generally we accept this energy level of lowness and fatigue and gray gloominess that infuses everything and on one hand I just think it's a great it's a great explanation (laughs) it's on hand it works it's there I think it is probably fair to use and yet I don't actually want to be that depressed Peter Pan you know just flailing about through life forever like I don't want to be that character actually and I do believe in self-improvement and one step at a time toward certain goals so it's good to start running and keep that up it's good to you know aim for the relationships that I want to build and it's good to define my career goals and to work at them it's just that that work is amorphous and difficult to parse out And I don't know why it's up to me to do that. That's what education is for. That's what apprenticeships are for. And where are those things? (laughs) Why didn't my education give me those things? You know, like I'm a little angry at the world because I, I genuinely feel somehow underdeveloped and underprepared for these things. I'm doing fine comparatively to a lot of people, but... I am definitely not living up to my potential. I watched a great YouTube video that just came out um, by a YouTube channel called The Take about The Office, the American series based on the BBC English series. And it was about Ryan, Ryan Howard, the character as a failed millennial or the perils of the cautionary tale of a millennial 
and I just could not help but just relate to that to that so much. Like this guy who starts off as a wide-eyed temp looking for guidance and not getting it in the form of Michael Scott, the manager, and you know pushing through and getting a promotion, but then getting high on his own ego because of his entitlement, and then crashing and burning, and then going back to the bottom and wailing in his teenage affectations and you know, then putting on these pretentious, um, you know, styles and trying to find his own identity against this sort of normalcy that's in front of him, this sort of, you know, just normie attitude in the world and trying to define himself against that and have something to say, but fail to, fail to launch in a way, but also just fail to make the mark that perhaps takes more work than we think, or perhaps uh, there are certain structural barriers for many people. And I think that could apply to generations as a whole. I, I feel just a certain barrier to entry to many things. And I don't know, I, I hate to get so negative here. I don't want to be negative. It's just so easy to come to a conclusion like that when you've fallen down so many times, gotten back up, dusted yourself off, and just keep failing and failing. And I guess it's good to fail over and over and over, but only when you eventually succeed. I mean, a life of pure failure is not good. We just look at people like Abraham Lincoln who lost every election until presidency or, you know, champions who, you know, got that close but never made it until they finally did. But if they never did, we wouldn't be hearing their stories, you know. And yeah, anyway, I'm going to put this out. I'm publishing this as an episode of my podcast. It's been a while, but better late than never. And then I'll tackle immigration like I've intended to and if it doesn't come out the way I want so be it you know I mean you can't do it all you can't say everything at once and you can't skate through scot-free without some criticism when you're tackling controversial topics so I guess I just have to face that and just do that maybe nobody cares maybe I'm talking into the air into space but it's still important to me that I do that and it's important to me eventually that I segue this into a YouTube channel, but I haven't done that yet, so why am I still not doing either? Do the podcast, Keith, until you can get the parts in place, everything in place for the YouTube channel. Alright guys, I hope that was somewhat interesting, enlightening, whatever. Um, it's helpful for me to get that out, this kind of journal entry episode. And... I'll leave it at that for now. Until next time. Ciao.